What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? This is your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Francois, with another super awesome episode on the Credit Lab podcast. Um, so, you know, if you just join us live, if you're watching the replay, listen to the replay, definitely hit the like, share, and subscribe. And tonight's topic is why, why don't our schools teach us about credit? Without further ado, we want to go ahead and get the show started. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? It's your favorite credit hero, Ronnie Francois. Again, there's probably like millions and thousands and billions of other credit heroes out there. But just remember, Ronnie Francois is definitely your favorite. Again, welcome back for another super awesome episode on the Credit Lab Podcast. Make sure you hit the like, share, subscribe. Um, again, you might have perfect credit, but it might be somebody in your household, maybe your spouse, husband, niece, nephew, next door neighbor, the mailman, the mail lady, but you know, the point is you connected with somebody who don't have good credit. Um, definitely, you know, share this information with them. And tonight's topic is why don't our school system, why don't our schools teach us about credit? Um, and that's, that's something very, very important. Um, you know, like maybe, you're, maybe in your household, you know, your mom, your dad, or somebody significant other might've, you know, spoke about credit, financial literacy, but it was a little different in my household. We didn't really talk about credit like that. But I always give my oldest brother credit. Um, he did used to mention one thing about credit, though. He used to mention about your payment history. He used to say, always pay your bills on time. But then again, I don't know if you like me. When we're young, uh, you know, when the adults or somebody we look up to tell us something, sometimes they have to, like, break it down to us. So if he had mentioned to me, hey, if he said, look, you have to pay your bills on time because that's 35% for your credit score. That probably would have made a little difference than, than him just saying, look, make sure you pay your bills on time. Make sure you pay, you know, just kept saying that. But he wasn't really coming back uh, really strong with anything to support what he was saying. I don't know if that makes sense or not. So, again, maybe you know, maybe in your household somebody talked about credit, financial, literacy, but mine's, it wasn't really something that we really talked about. Now, we talked about money that we didn't have. Things that we didn't have, but um, credit was not a daily or a nightly topic at the dinner table. So again, topic is why don't our schools teach us about credit? Uh, again, that's a very very important thing because uh, you know when I was in school, it was a while ago. I'm not gonna say how long it's been because I got this you know salt and pepper beer right here, so it probably make me look really old. But it's been some years since I've been out of school. We learned about the Pythagorean theorem, photosynthesis. I remember biology class, we dissect the frog. And then um, they even had this thing called home mech where we basically make cookies. The cookies was pretty good, though. But the point I'm trying to make is we know we talked about everything, but credit and financial literacy wasn't something that we talked about. And to this day, I still don't understand why we don't talk about it because it's something that we all need, something that impacts all of our lives. Uh, we learn about Pluto, Mars, Jupiter, all these other solar systems, but not about credit. And, you know, so when I saw that the school system wasn't teaching us about it, wasn't teaching our kids, that's why, you know, I wrote the books, you know, uh, did the podcast. 
I'm like, you know, instead of just complaining about it, maybe I should find a solution for it. Because we have a lot of people out there in our lives. You might have somebody in your household. They all see all the problems in the world, but no solutions. So I saw a problem. You know, it took five years to study and research. I did something about it. So that's how I became a credit hero. But let's just, you know, let's, let's, let's get back on topic. Again, you know, not having understanding of money management creates a disadvantage for a lot of our kids. Um, you know, when it comes to money matters and opportunities, it can actually hurt your future by not learning about credit and financial literacy. Learn about financial matters empower everyone by creating a stable and meaningful future. Again, if you learn about it, it's going to have a positive impact in your future, which is really, really important. And that's why it's important to learn about while you're young versus when you get up in age, when you get older, when you start making mistakes. Because my um, my young prince, I think he was nine years old, we start talking about credit, financial literacy. So we used to literally, like this was before COVID, we used to literally go knock on apartment doors, talking to you about credit, like on Saturdays when most kids was home watching cartoons. Uh, me and my son was knocking on doors talking about credit. Uh, when, I, when I wrote my first book, I gave it to my princess. I said, look, I need you to read this book for me, okay? And tell me if it makes sense, um, the stuff that's in this book. And you know, I got her involved in it. So once I learned the knowledge, the next, the best thing to do was to teach my kids about it because I know, again, the school system wasn't going to do it. Um, again, to this day, I still know why they don't do it, So, which is really, really important. So one of the questions I do like to ask you, you know, watching this live or you're watching the replays, you know, what did your parents teach you about credit and financial literacy? Um, again, some of us got parents where they talked about credit, talked about financial literacy, but some of us, you know, wasn't raised up in this type of household. And to be honest with you, not that your parents didn't want to teach you, and to be honest, they probably didn't know. Again, a lot of people don't teach their kids about credit because they just don't know. Um, so because the information is out there, but you have to know how to tap into it. Um, so because, like, if you, for example, if you Google what is a credit bureau, you're going to get experience, transgene, Equifax. But in reality, experience, transgene, Equifax are nothing more than a Walmart, Kmart, or Stamps Club. The only difference is they impact your livelihood. So right there, so if Google don't have the right answer, then everybody's Google to look everything up. So how do you expect people to get the right answer? So maybe a lot of our parents didn't teach us uh, because they simply didn't know the right information. So, you know, if your parents didn't teach you, um, don't be too hard on them. Just make sure you get the information you share with your kids. That's really, really important. Um, so the other question I'd like to ask you, you know, watching live, watching replay, you can put the answer, you can put it in the chat is when did you learn about credit? Because again, every one of us learned about credit at a different age. Some of us learned about it at home. Some of us learned about it because our parents put the BGNE bill in the name, got the cable name. Um, I don't know if parents still do that. Hopefully they're not doing that no more because <laughs> that's all. That's all they need to death all together. But back then I know they did that. And some of us learned about credit from having bad credit. You know, when we want to go get that first car or make that first big purchase, get an apartment, get a or get a cell phone. That's when they told us your credit was bad. And that's when you're like, okay, you know, my credit is bad, so I'm gonna do something about it. So many of us, so a lot of us learned about credit during different stages of our lives. Um, so again, if you are in a situation where your credit is not where you need to be, hey, look, it's not the end of the world. There's help. <laughs> you connect it, you tapped into the credit hero. So that's the most important thing. Um, so the next thing is, why is financial literacy important for our use? 
I mean, it's really, really important. Why is it important? Financial literacy is the key to helping young people manage money effectively so they can become financially stable, build assets, and achieve their personal goals. I'm going to go ahead and run that back again because maybe you didn't hear it. Financial financial literacy is the key to helping young people manage money effectively so that they can become financially stable, build assets, and achieve their personal goals. Um, That's what what financial literacy is really about. And that's why it's important to teach our kids, teach our youth. And like, so if you if you on this, if you watching this live, watching replay, maybe you don't have no kids, but you might have some nieces, you might have some nephews, you might have some little cousins, or maybe this might be like your next door neighbor might have some kids. The point is, you know, uh, it's our job to teach everybody. So even if the person not in the household, you can still teach them. It's important. Another reason um, why it's important. Why financially it's important for our youth is that decisions are made in early adulthood that can have lasting financial consequences. Financial literacy is a core life skill for participating in modern society. I mean, like I said, it's, it's part of your life. And the thing about credit is it don't matter your color, your shape, your size. It don't matter if you bald head, no hairline, you got a hairline, you got a wig. Credit <laughs> impacts everybody. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, sometimes I do make fun of my hairline because I did used to have a hairline at one time, but I think I look pretty good with the bald head, though. But anyway, back to what I was saying about financially. So it's very, very important. You know, children are growing up increasingly complex world where they will eventually need to take charge of their own financial future. You're right, because as kids, you know, your parents make a lot of financial decisions for you, but as you get older. Gonna have to make these decisions on your own, and it's going to um, so you can still make these decisions, and there's a good chance they might turn out wrong, they might turn out right. But if you have that financial literacy education, it's gonna make it a little better for you, you're gonna be able to make easier, smarter decisions. Not to say just because you have that um, educational piece, you're not gonna make no mistakes because you can have the knowledge and still drop the ball. But if you have that knowledge installing at a young age, it just might make a difference. That's all I'm just saying. So, okay. Just putting that out there. But there's a lot of people that's book smart and they still make dumb decisions. So, again, just having that knowledge is really, really important. And then, so the next thing is eight reasons to teach financial literacy to kids and teens. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. I gave you one earlier, but I'm just going ahead and give you eight of them just in case you missed the first one. The first one is it gives kids accurate information. Again, you know, because you could Google on YouTube just about anything in the world, but that don't mean that information is going to be accurate. Just like I mentioned earlier, if you Google um, what is a credit bureau, you're going to get experience transunion Equifax. But in reality, they're not bureaus. They're just independently owned corporations that most of the time obtain your information illegally to make your life a living nightmare. So, again, if Google has that one word definition wrong, what else that could be wrong? So that's why it's important for us to teach our kids in the schools. That way they get the accurate information. Uh, the second thing is it helps them understand the difference between their needs and their wants, uh, which is really, really important because as kids, when you're really, really young, um, you want everything. But as you get older, wiser, and smarter, you learn there's a difference between your needs and you want. And then it kind of goes back to living within your mean. So if you learn that at a very young age, as you get older, there's a good chance it's going to stick with you. The third thing is to teach kids 
contains the value of money. Uh, yes, I know when we were young as kids, we used to think money grow on tree, but in reality, it doesn't really grow on tree. Uh, you got sometimes, depending on your industry, what you do for a living, sometimes you have to work hard for that money. And then, you know, and sometimes you have to work for it, you earn it. You learn to appreciate a little bit more. You learn the value of it, uh, which is really, really important. Uh, the fourth thing is it shows teens how money can work for them. Again, the goal is, um, of course, everybody wants money. Uh, money is really very important. Money makes the world go around. But at a certain point, um, you have to let that money work for you. Instead of you work for that money, instead of you chasing that money, you're going to get to a point, you're going to get that mindset. Like, you know, you're going to have your money working for you. So that's really, really important. The fifth thing is it allows teens to um, practice financial independence. Um, uh, practicing financial independence because that's really, really important. It's kind of like having a safety net. Again, it teaches you how to prioritize, you know. With a safety net, allowing you using teens to pay for their own designer jeans, expensive running shoes. Again, it kind of goes back to that need and that want. It just teaches you financial independence. So the sixth thing is it helps teens to learn, help teens to learn how to avoid debt. Um, again, it kind of goes back to living within your means, the difference between your needs and your want. Um, you know, as, as kids, when they're young, uh, they, they don't know the difference between good debt and bad debt. They just know, you know, they know how to accumulate debt. So as they get older, once they learn financial literacy, they'll learn how to avoid bad debt. And as you get older, you learn that there are good debts. So, but while they're young, Financial literacy will teach them how to avoid that. Um, so that's pretty, that's very, very important. Um, again, it kind of goes back to living within your mean. Number seven, it teaches teens how to spot scams. Um, again, there's a, lot, there's a lot of scammers out there. Um, they just hit you up left, right. I mean, there's just so many of them, I can't name them all. But um, again, if you get the educational piece, um, you know, because again, because a lot of teens, they spend a lot of time online, whether it's, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever case might be, they spend a lot of time online. And that's how a lot of these scammers get them. Um, so why they spend all the time online, that's when they become vulnerable uh, and they become target, you know, cy- um, cy- cyber criminals. Um, so that's very, very important. And the eighth thing is because the future is coming. I mean, it's just self-explaining. The future is going to come. I mean, the future is going to come whether you're ready for it or not. And that's why it's important to empower our kids to teach them, give them the tools that they need, uh, because the future doesn't wait. It's going to come regardless whether you're ready or not. And that's why it's important to do that. Um, Getting a head start on money management skills will help set teens up for fast approaching independence. A financial education should, should cover the importance of credit score, which will become an, an issue sooner than your team will realize. A credit score is pretty much based on a factor such as how, how debt um, how debt can affect your scores. So, again, the last piece is because the future is coming. Um, so, again, you want to set your kids up because, you know, no matter what happens, um, they have to be prepared. Um, they want to face life challenges. They want to buy cars get houses, get stuff that they need. So again, when you teach them about that financial literacy, because the school system is not going to, it's not going to teach them, you're kind of setting them up for success. So that's what you're doing. When you teach your kids about financial literacy credit, you want to set them for success. 
And I think every single good parents out there want to set their kids up for success. Um, so again, we're about to take commercial breaks so we can pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to hop into the Q&A. Hey guys, it's your boy, Alan Newman Jr. Um, I am one of the hosts for He Said What, which airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You do not want to miss it. We are on YouTube. Make sure you go like and subscribe. Let your friends know about it so you get the alert for every time the show is getting ready to come on. The premise of the show is to have black men and women um, come on where we discuss latest topics um, that are important to the community, trending topics. You never know. It could be about dating, relationships, sex, careers, children. You never know what you're going to get, but it's every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, make sure that you go on YouTube, so you like and subscribe so you can be a part of it. You never know what you're going to get. Looking forward to having you join us and looking forward to having you tune in with us. Have an amazing day. Hey, what's up? What's up? Welcome back to your favorite credit hero. Again, if you're just tapping in, maybe watching the replay live. Um, the topics for this evening is why I don't our schools teach us about credit, uh, which is really, really important. You know, so please hit that like, subscribe, <laughs> hit that like, subscribe, and share button. Definitely appreciate the love and support. So now we're about to switch gear a little bit. We're about to go into a QA uh, because a lot of times, you know, people have questions. So sometimes they will send it to my my DM that uh Mr. Ronnie underscore credit here on on Instagram, where they might hit me up on Facebook, Mr. Ronnie Francois. Well, sometimes they go to my website and they'll send me an email, info at ronniefrancois.com. Well, sometimes, you know, you can always just leave it in the chat, too, if you have a question. Um, I would definitely make sure we address that. So I got a few questions that, you know, came to me. The first question is, can I use a 1099C to dispute the charge off account? Um, so actually, you can. So a 1099C, if you don't know, it's actually an IRS form that the creditor will actually use when they want to charge off an account. Uh, so if the account is at least $600 or more, uh, they have to fill out 1099C. And basically, that allows them to charge that off and actually write that off on the taxes. Um, see, so what happens in most situations is they're supposed to send you a copy of the 1099C. So if they don't send you that 1099C, so you can actually use that as grounds to dispute the charge off. So 1099C is basically the IRS form that the um, creditor have to use to cancel out that debt. Um, so they file that with their taxes, and you're supposed to get a copy that you filed your taxes. Now, so you're probably saying, okay, that sounds good, but what that guy, how does that violate my right? Uh, because um, under Fair Credit Reporting Act, income does not get reported on your credit report. So that's why it's a violation of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. And so that's how that goes. So if you're not familiar with the Fair Credit Reporting Act, it was established in 1970. Is there to protect your right as a consumer? There's a whole lot of good information. Basically, one of the first I want to start off the Fair Credit Report Act. It tells you that the consumer reporting agencies, experience, transgene, Equifax, they assume the, they assume the responsibility to collect the information. So they really don't have no power uh, that's backed by the government, federal government, to collect your information. They just doing it. They just pretty much is voluntary collecting information. So I would definitely say um, either Google or um, we'll do a search for the Fair Credit Report Act. Um, I think it's about like, like 15 to 20 pages, but there's definitely a lot of good information in there. And if, if for whatever reason, like you can't get on Google, you can't find it, I'd be more than happy to um, email you a copy of the Fair Credit Report Act. That's right. 
if you want a copy of it, because knowledge is power, um, I'll be more than happy to email you a copy of Fair Credit Report Act. It's definitely um, a good read. There's a lot of good information in there. Again, this protect your right as a consumer. So if you know you're right, then you're not gonna, you're not it's gonna be hard for you to get bamboozled by um, debt collectors, fair um, by the consumer reporting agencies. Um, so again, if you need a copy of the Fair Credit Report Act, um, you know shoot me an email, inbox me, DM me, and I'd be more than happy to send you a free copy. Um, again, because knowledge is power. Because again, the goal is to have multiple credit heroes. I don't want to be the only credit heroes. I want you to have a couple credit heroes in your house, have a couple credit heroes in your family. So just imagine if every household, every household had like two, three, four, five, six, seven credit heroes, it would definitely make a big impact. So the next question is how to remove bankruptcy. All right, so I'm going to give you a quick, two quick, short way of removing bankruptcy because typically bankruptcy, depending on which one you have, because now your credit for um, seven to 10 years, so one of the ways doing it, um, you know, you pull your credit report, you see it on it, you dispute it with the consumer reporting agencies, it's gonna come back verified. And then and then so what's going and then what you do is you ask for a method of verification. So they're probably gonna send you back something, say, hey, you know, we got it from the courthouse. They want you're gonna write a letter to the courthouse something. And you're gonna pretty much gonna say, hey, look, um, is um do you send or if, uh, do you send people's information to third-party reporting agencies, or do you share our non-public information? And the courthouse is going to write you back. It's going to say, no, we, we don't provide information to third-party companies or or um, third-party companies or credit reporting agencies. Then you're going to take those two letters. Then you're going to take those letters. You're going to send them back um, to whatever uh, reporting agencies that says that that's reporting it. You're going to pretty much say, hey, look, you lied. This information is accurate. You have to take it on my credit report. Again, the first time you dispute something, it might not come off right away. So you might have to write multiple letters, probably eventually sue the consumer report agency. Uh, the second method is, uh, so typically bankruptcy is reported by LexisNexis, Zaystream, or Pacer. Um, so these are secondary reporting agencies. So what you do is you put a freeze on those reporting agencies. Then you... Um, then you submit your information to the consumer board agencies. You say, hey, look, I want to verify this bankruptcy. You know, it's not mine, whatever case might be. Whatever, whatever reason is used, say, you know, I wanted to dispute it. And when they go pull the information from the secondary reporting agencies, but you put, you put a freeze on it, um, there's a good chance it's not going to come back verified. If they can't verify it, then they have to take it off. Uh, but you know what, just for the sake I'm gonna give you a third one, right? Because <laughs> you know, because I like you, because I'm looking out for you. Um, if you don't want to do all of that, you write a letter to um, to the to the reporting agencies, uh, and you're gonna ask them how did they obtain your information because you never gave no one of no one consent to share your information with them. So 15 U.S.C. 6802, before any financial institution share your information with anyone, they need to have your written consent. So that consumer reporting agency have to tell you how they got your information without your consent, because actually that's identity theft because you never gave them consent to pull your information. So those are three, you know, quick ways um, you could actually dispute bankruptcy. So if you have bankruptcy, it doesn't have to stay on your whole life because uh, bankruptcy can, um, I don't know, be pretty painful, but it you can't remove it. Um, so the next question is. 
what are the best way to help my children build credit? It's very, very important. Again, one of the easiest way you can help your kids build on credit is to add them on as authorized user. Uh, basically, you know, mom, dad, uncle, whatever, whatever the case might be. Um, you know, if you have a, a young one, and like I said, the cool thing is they don't actually have to be your kids. Um, you have a good credit card, you have good payment history, you're responsible adult. You call your credit card company, and some credit cards company they'll put, they'll allow you to put the kids on as young as the age of thirteen. That's why I say at, at the earliest age of thirteen, which is really really cool. You say, look, I want to add, you know, uh, Mary Sue or Michael, whatever your kid name might be, on as authorized user, and they want to ask you some information, man, like the social. Um, it depends on the bank, and then when before you get off the phone, they're going to ask you, do you want an extra card? And you want simple. So again, that's up to you. You can say no, you don't want an extra card. But if you think your kid is responsible, you can say, yes, I want an extra card. Uh, but then again, you know, so if you don't get the extra card, you don't have to worry about that child, you know, spending too much or going over the limit. But if you do give them a card, that's of your choice. So you have the option if you want that card or not. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of um, people, I mean, a lot of parents or adults don't put young people on their credit um, as authorized because they think they have to get a card. Now, you don't have to get a card. Um, that's just an option. Um, they probably want you to get a card <laughs> so you can incur more debt. But you can definitely say no. So uh, the next question is, is it, a, um, is it a good suggestion to buy a trade line? Uh, so trade lines basically is just another word for authorized users. So let's just say um, you have, uh, let's just say you have a neighbor, right? And he has an 850 credit score and he has an American Express that's like $10 billion, you know, credit limit like $10 billion, right? And he puts you on as an authorized user. Now, typically, most people, they won't charge you for that, uh, depending on the rate. They might charge you $200 a month, maybe like $500, maybe like $1,000 a month to keep you on as an authorized user. But the kick is <clears throat> once they take it off or once the contract is over, um, the file and billing cycle, your score is going to drop to where it's supposed to be. So you kind of want to be careful with the trade lines <clears throat> because when you put them on, yes, you're going to get that boost. But once you start paying that person or, you know, or the money runs out, whatever the agreement is, your score is going to take that hit. Um, and again, so a long time ago, if you had a good credit score, like 750, 800, you know, the banks was going to buy your score. But now they actually go by your credit profile. So you can have a good score and still get turned down um, because they look at your profile. What have you been doing the last 12 months? What have you been doing the last 24 months? So they see that you know you went from 600 to 850 within like two weeks or within like 45 days. Um, that could be a red flag because they know that you didn't, um, it didn't happen gradually. You know, you manipulated numbers. And again, that's not always the case in every situation, but that's why it's important to have a strong credit profile. So back to um, the question, is it a good line to buy a trade line? Is it a good suggestion to buy a trade line? It really depends on your credit situation, to be honest with you. Um, again, you know, it's like a cause and effect. Once that trade line come off, your score will probably take a hit. Um, so you have to use your guy giving common sense. It's really up to you. Um, so the next question is, are CPNs legal? Um, so a long time ago, I actually did a little research on CPNs. So basically CPN is a, is a, is a secondary social security number. So um, different people have different methods, how they obtain these numbers, 
Um, I've heard rumors that, you know, they use like dead people's social security numbers or they steal other people's social security numbers and give them to you. So, no, um, no, they're not legal. So, no, because they're, they're, not, they're not legal. Actually, you can actually um, go to jail for that. So, because uh, again, sometimes they steal people's identity, sometimes dead people's social security number. Um, so, the best thing you can do if your credit is not where it needs to be, you know, contact the credit hero or just do some research and just get the negative items off your credit report. But I wouldn't suggest um, a CPN because that can be bad news. Um, so the next question is, why do you give away so much free credit tips <laughs> in ebooks? Um, that's a very good question. I think it, it goes back to when I was younger. Um, you know, I made a lot of poor credit decisions. And if I had like a friend or associates that had that type of knowledge that I had, that would just give me that information. I probably wouldn't have made some of the decisions that I made. Um, I just want to make that information available to everybody. A quick story. It was this one lady. I, I do not remember her name. She was friends on Facebook with me. Um, I did a free consultation with her. And then I'm like, hey, because she was happy about my books. Because believe it or not, there's a lot of you that have my, my books. Break this cycle. You don't have to live a bad credit and 10 credit commandments. And I'm like, hey, look, I'm excited for you. I know you want, you know you want to get started. You can't get started right now. But I'd be more than happy to send you a copy of the ebook. And then she was like, well, that's really cool. I definitely appreciate that, but I, I, I got to get the book. I was like, all right, I'll just send you a free copy of the book. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just get a copy, autograph, and send it to you because I'm just that type of good person, right? And she's like, no, what I'm gonna do is uh, when I, you know, next couple of paychecks when I get paid, I'm gonna take something out of my pay so I can put it aside so I can get a copy of your book. So I mean, like, I mean, that's super dope. I mean, when somebody said they want to take somebody out of their pays. So they can save up so they can get your book. I mean, that, that's priceless right there. So from that point forward, I'm like, you know what? Anybody that needs the e-books, they can just reach out to me. I'll just make them free for them. Um, so I give out like, a lot of credit tips and information because let's be honest, um, a lot of people that get this information are not going to apply. They're not going to take advantage of it. So that's why I give it away uh, because and I, I just want to be available. I, I don't want you to say, you know, you have bad credit. Or you're in a credit situation because you don't have that information. So that's why I give away so much free credit tips. And, you know, in most cases, I do make the ebooks available. Again, you know, thank you for another awesome show. Thank you for um, watching this live or if you're watching the replay. Always hit the like, share, subscribe, and comment. And I definitely appreciate you. Again, subscribe to He Said What Finance. And you can also find me on Instagram, Mr. Ronnie underscore Credit Hero. Uh, you can find me, you know, also the Credit Live podcast. Find me on Facebook, Mr. Ronnie Francois. And if all of that fails, you can just Google me, Ronnie Francois. Um, actually, no, Ronnie Francois, the credit here. Or you can go to my website, RonnieFrancois.com. Again, thank you. I definitely appreciate you. Thank you for making me your favorite credit hero.